Good evening. It is Tuesday, March 7th, and welcome to the Positional Sports Talk Show post. Live streaming on Facebook Live, Twitch, and our Positional Sports Talk Show YouTube channel. We are a sports talk show made for the fans, from the perspective of fans, presented by lifelong sports fans. We'll provide our opinions positions on the hottest topics in sports this evening. My name is Big Reg. I got two of my partners in crime joining me this evening. What's going on with my brother J3? How you feeling? What's up, Big Rage? What's up, Sense? Feeling good. Feeling good. Up, Let's get it in. And we got the man going to give us a little extra senses in the building. What's going on, partner? How you feeling? Feeling good, guys. What's going on? Let's talk some sports. Let's get it. All right. So this evening, we're going to give you some quick hits, talk a few things, and then we're going to jump into our two main topics. And, of course, NFL is king, so we got to talk about what's going on with the NFL and Lamar Jackson and the tags and the QB signings. And we're going to finish it out talking some NBA. Oh, my. (laughs) Some NBA news. With the NBA news, I mean, it's some crazy stuff going on. And, unfortunately, we got to talk about John Moran. Finish the show off with our final post of the evening. But as always, we appreciate you tuning in. So please sit back, relax, enjoy post on the Positional Sports Talk Show channel. Fellas, I don't know about y'all, but I got to bug out a little bit over the weekend with college basketball. Both men's and women's college basketball was excellent over the weekend. Let's start off mm-hmm. with the with the fellas. It's conference tourney week, fellas, for mm-hmm. all the Power Five conferences and even a bunch of the smaller conferences they all start their tourney either tomorrow or when tomorrow or thursday and by the end of the week sunday we're going to have our 68 game field so it is crazy i'm getting excited but last week if you wasn't strong-willed top 10 keeps losing Mm-hmm. A lot of the teams in the top 10 had hard road games against their conference rivals at the end of the season. And all, almost all of them went down except That's for the good. top two. That's good, though, because think about it. That just going to make you want to be that much hungrier when it comes time for the uh, for the tournament. You, you want to face the best at the end of the season just to see how tough your team is. Oh, absolutely. That's That's when... It, it really that's when like you you really like get your game face on so I love it and the fact that we don't have a show enough dominant team this year this may be one of the best tournaments because there is legitimately 10 to 12 teams that can make a run and win this title and any of them can get knocked off by somebody else if they don't come with their a game each and every game. Uh, got to shout out Houston, give Houston some love. They finished their regular season at 29 and two, but they had to fight tooth and nail with Memphis in their final game of the season at Memphis. Mm-hmm. Memphis was, mm-hmm. they sold out in Memphis. The arena was rocking and it took a final shot buzzer beater to win that game. Mm, mm-hmm. That's what you like right there. Down to the last mm-hmm. second. March Madness. <laughs> Former number two, Alabama, kept playing around, playing around, giving up big leads in the first half, and then, you know, they would always be able to come back in the second half. 
Well, unfortunately, it didn't work out last week. Again, they were on the road at Texas A&M, a sold-out stadium. Got down almost 20 points early in the first half. and had to claw it away. Finally got close enough to get back in it, but just couldn't pull away. And Texas A&M ended up beating them by six points. So they dropped from number two. They're still in the top five at number four. It seems like it's a pattern with Alabama and Texas A&M, whether it's football or basketball. It just <laughs> seems cool. like Texas A&M mm-hmm. got their number. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Them, them rivalries, it's, it's one of the newer rivalries that uh, Alabama has. But Texas A&M coming for their head, like you said, in all the sports. Exactly. Just, they, they're coming mm-hmm. in. Uh, gymnastics, mm-hmm. golf, they're coming mm-hmm. after. Mm-hmm. The hottest men's it's team in real. the country, fellas. It's now number two ranked UCLA. They yes, moved up two spots. UCLA's got a 10-game winning streak right now. That's awesome. But is it going to take them, is it going to take that momentum into the into the playoffs? That's the question. I, I think, think so. They're my sleeper. Yeah. I don't think you can call them a sleeper. Number two ranked team in the country. They're going to be a number one seed. I mean, I mean, we we've seen them ranked high before, and you know, in recent years. I mean, and it's really hasn't panned out. So that's why I say, even though they're ranked number two, they're my sleeper. Like to like to go further than 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 uh, the past has uh, shown. So, and, and the fact that they bought back three of their main players from last year's NCAA tournament. I think they went to the Elite Eight last year, if my memory is correct. Definitely Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. So now they got some seniors on that team that had a taste and thought they were supposed to go to the Final Four last year. So they got a good shot. And like I said, there's a bunch of other teams. You still got uh, number five, Purdue, who's got the biggest man in the country in Edie, uh, seven foot six, seven foot seven. Nobody has anybody like him. So he's just a difficult matchup, especially if you don't play Purdue. Uh, Marquette has been quiet. They they won the Big East this year. They just doing their thing. Texas is one a fabulous story. University of Texas, again, suspended their coach and ended up firing them in December. Fired them in January. So they got an interim coach right now who's got them in the top ten they knocked off Kansas this past week to finish it. Mm. And it's a black man. You know what happened when Shaka Smart was there. They ran him out of there. Mm-hmm. So if he keeps right. doing well, he's going to force their hand to keep him. So I'm looking forward to it. But again, it's just going to be some fun basketball. Let me just say this. A surprising team that's a little out of the top ten, but I wasn't expecting them to be this good this season. UConn, man, yes. they definitely have a they they've risen up. I'm like, okay, this is going back to glory days with uh my man uh Khalid El Amin and uh Rip Hamilton and them boys. <laughs> Last mm-hmm. time they won it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I hear you. Dan Hurley is doing a good job with that bringing that program back. So yeah, that's a good that's a good thing. On the women's side, phew, hmm. four of the uh Conference Power Five Conference tourneys crowned the champion last week. The ACC, shout out to Virginia Tech and the ACC. Virginia Tech won their first ever ACC tourney. And guess what, fellas? Hmm. Kenny Brooks, an African-American male, became the first African-American to win an ACC women's title. Isn't that something? Good job, man. Good job. 
He's been doing a heck of a job, so big shout-out to him. Uh, then you had the Pac-12, the Pac-12 all the time. Utah and Stanford were supposed to be one or two seeds. They both lost early in their tourney. They also lost Ooh. last week, during the week before. So we ended up getting Washington State winning the Pac-12 over UCLA, who's UCLA's kind of a – I think they ranked like 18th or 20th. So the Pac-12 is just – it's the Pac-12, wow, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but but shout out to Washington State for getting their job done. The Big Ten. Mm-hmm. I'm mad at the Lady Maryland Lady Terps women's team. They played the Iowa Hawkeyes tooth and nail, and if they had just rebounded the basketball during their game, they would have they would have probably won that game instead of losing by two. Mm. But I gotta give credit to that all-American phenom, Caitlin Clark. Mm-hmm. Caitlin Clark, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, uh, since when you went on when I was talking to J3. She's the Steph Curry mm-hmm. of college basketball, not just women's college basketball. She oh, got logo amazing. range. That's amazing. Ooh. That is amazing. She's also leading the country in assists for the second year in a row, and I think she's like third or fourth in scoring. Mm. Do you think? Do you think she has enough uh, enough uh, firepower to maybe uh, put South Carolina on notice, or is it uh, you know? Man, you need a team, bro. One person ain't gonna yeah. beat South Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> South Carolina. Range. Logo range. <laughs> what South Carolina can do that most any other team can't do is South Carolina can put a, a Bree Bill on her who's six, two and a half, almost six, three, who's a guard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's athletic. Wow. Or they can bring all bring their freshman off the bench who's six four. That's a guard. Oh goodness. Say so no they, more. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it it's interesting. We're in a kind of a changing of the guards in women's basketball, where like the traditional powers, UConn. the mm-hmm. UConn. Shout out to UConn. They won another Big East tournament, and they also got uh, AC Fudd back, so she's going to be ready for the NCAA tournament. But you have the traditional UConns, the Stanfords, uh, Iowas that are recruiting traditional women's basketball players where you might have one athlete on a team, two at the most, but everybody else mm-hmm. is just good players, but they're kind of fundamental players and all that. Then you got this new breed, mm. South Carolina. Don Staley is getting length, athleticism. Mm-hmm. She literally has at least seven females on a team that are 6'2 or taller. Man, they just finished another undefeated season, too. So kudos. Just won the SEC tournament, which is a goal of theirs because last year they lost in the SEC tournament and then end up winning the national title. So they've undefeated for the year. So they're doing their thing. But um, yeah, just back to Caitlin Clark. She's she's doing the college basketball with Steph did to the NBA, where she changes the geometry of the game. Mm -hmm. She didn't kill Maryland herself. 
But because Maryland had to focus so much on her, she allowed her other players. They hit a Big Ten tournament record, 17 three-pointers against Maryland. And Maryland still only lost by two. Mm. So, yeah, but, Mm. yeah. South Carolina's the team to beat. If they play 85% above their level, I don't see anybody that can beat them. Yeah, I don't either. They, they, What's they up, Marcus? Good to see you, bro. What's good, Marcus? Yeah. This Saturday on Showtime, uh, there is a interim title fight, but it should be interesting. Tim Zhu, who's the son of the former uh, middleweight or lightweight champion Costa Zhu, um, who's from Ooh, Australia, is, is, mm-hmm. is fighting Tony Harrison, who's a former junior middleweight title holder. Um, so they're going to fight this Saturday. It's on Showtime. So if you have Showtime, you can get that match. But let's talk about the UFC before we get on to everything else. Let's talk. Yes, sir. <laughs> Johnny Bones Jones. <laughs> Man. Mm, mm, you mm. talking about coming back? Three three years. Grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> I watched their um, final press conference, which was the fight was on Saturday, so the final press conference was Thursday night. John Jones broke down his competitor, Cyril Gaon. So technically, it was ridiculous. It's like, of all the heavyweight contenders out there, he's probably the weakest one. And he's like, I'm not saying he's not a not a good fighter, but his skill set, he's a kickboxer. And he's really only a striker. So when you get into the grappling and the jiu-jitsu and definitely a, and wrestling, he's going to have a problem. Oh, my. Talk and the guy's literally problem. sitting on the other side of the podium with Dana White, and and it was just technical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't think this is going to be uh, too much of a challenge." Not bragging, I mean, not never... boasting. Mm-hmm. And then he came into the ring and proved it, bro. I was going to say he went in two minutes and four seconds, <laughs> right? Two with a guillotine joke. Got a gr- he got a hold of him, and everybody's like, "Well, John Jones, he the one coming up from like heavyweight. He gonna be the smaller guy." He been telling everybody he been powerlifting for five years. Mm-hmm. He said it took him two years to put the weight on the way he wanted to. In his last year, he's really been refining himself. So he said people thought I was strong as a light heavyweight. He's like, "I'm crazy strong now." He got a hold of <laughs> Cyril, got him to the ground. Choked him out. He barely broke a sweat. First round. In the first round. New heavyweight champion. So he becomes the Mm -hmm. sixth person ever to hold titles in two divisions. And the ease he did that in was just crazy. Crazy. So, yeah. But now he holds the most title fight victories at 15. So that's. That in itself is impressive. Now, the hope is that this new success doesn't go the way the past success are because he said multiple times that he's learned and he's grown. But he has a tendency, you know, especially if he's drinking, 
get he a gets swell out head, huh? He get, he get out there. So I'm just hoping this time, since he's in his mid-30s now, that John Jones takes advantage and has two or three years where he's just going to try to keep this heavyweight title and then go ahead and retire as the best of all times. Because quite frankly, he's never lost an actual fight in the UFC in the ring. Mm. He had a disqualification loss where they said he hit the guy when he was down, which was questionable. And then he had a no decision um, because they said he take he had some trace elements of what they was calling a um, performance enhancer. Now, based on the new testing, that wouldn't even happen. So he, he's just a monster. He's just got to stay out of trouble out of the ring. Yeah, time will tell. He's so what do you think? Sometimes. Um, yeah. What do you think, though, his, uh, you know, because now he's called out uh, Miochik. And uh, that's the that's the, that's the the next fight people are looking forward to, which I think, uh, what's your early predictions on that? Again, Miochik is a hell of a fighter. He's strong. But the I, what Miochik is, is a wrestler that has one big punch. Now, if he catch John Jones, he can put him to sleep. But John Jones is such a tactician, and he's so long that it's hard for people to get into range to hit him with a punch like that. So I like John Jones against anybody if his head's in the game. But I think that should be an excellent fight. Definitely going to be better than his last fight. And they're going to do that over fight weekend, which is in July. As long as everybody, you know, stays healthy and everything. So, yeah, that's one of my bucket list items to one day get to Vegas in the July to go to International Fight Week for UFC. The co-main event, though, was the surprise and finish, fellas. We had the number two ranked pound-for-pound woman, Valentina Shevchenko, whose only loss in the UFC was to the number one pound-for-pound woman twice, and both of those fights were close. Mm-hmm. And she was winning the fight against Alexis Grasso, even though it was a lot closer than people expected. Grasso's an ex-boxer who came in the MMA, so people knew she could strike, but she was out striking Valentina. And then Valentina made a mistake. And that's what I love about UFC. She tried to hit her with a spinning back fist. She caught her in the midst of the spin and caught her, her back, mm. got her down to the mat, choked out. Mm. <laughs> she had Say to tap. Night. Say night-night. Had to tap. <laughs> Hate to see it. Hate to see it. That's <laughs> the beauty of UFC versus boxing. Even the best of the best, if they make a critical mistake at the wrong time, it's over. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to UFC, another great match. And they're going to give us another double title match, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. So we'll talk about that next next Tuesday. All right, fellas, let's talk about this NBA, I mean, the NFL news. We had three QBs sign new deals before the start of the tag, which ended today. Uh, and Free agency, which starts next week. You had Derek Carr signing a four-year, $150 million deal, but y'all know here at Post, we give you the real, real. 
Mm-hmm. He, he ain't going to see $150 million of that deal unless he balls out for three years. The real, real, he got $28.5 million signing bonus up front. So sign his name, get $20.5 million. That's a good day's work. Got $60 million of that $150 million guaranteed his signing. So he's going to see $60 million. And most likely, he's going to see a minimum of $70 million of that money because of the way it's structured. He Even if they try to cut him after two years, they're still going to owe him $10 million. And more realistically, he'll probably play for three years under that contract and get up to about $100 million unless he just stinks up to join. But let's talk about mm-hmm. this. Why did they actually bring him when they still got Jameson and they still got uh, – Still, uh, still got uh, what's the uh, Dalton? Uh, no, not Dalton. Well, I ain't talking, no, not Dalton. Well, they uh, they uh, they, the moved Tays- they moved Taysom yeah. Hill from Taysom quarterback Hill. last year. He was yeah. he didn't even play. He had some trick plays, but they stopped trying to act like he was a possible quarterback. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Jameis gets injured, and then he can't keep his job. And then Andy Dalton, we know Andy Dalton stays over. So they ain't trying to look for a solution because the NFC South literally doesn't have anybody as an established quarterback now. Right. So they trying it's to win that open. division. Mm-hmm. Right. So they need. Yeah, but that's the first thing. That's the first thing that came to my mind too, J three. Like, dang, Jameis is jobless, and <laughs> pretty much now, you know, it's a new sheriff in town, Derek Carr. I think it's prime opportunity for him now to, you know get that job and for New Orleans to rise up because, I mean, Atlanta's not going anywhere. You know they're going to draft and um, draft a QB, but, you know, it's not going to pan out to anything immediately. And then you got Tampa Bay, who's now without Tom, so who they got. So, yeah, this is this is like the perfect scenario for New Orleans right now. But yeah. let me ask y'all this. I thought he was a perfect fit for, uh, for the Raiders. Well, I mean, well, what happened? They changed their coach. He yeah. was a perfect fit for the Raiders until they brought Josh McDaniels in. Mm, mm, uh, mm. Another New England product who had failed once before at Denver. So he wants to bring in his own people to run his system. And hit, him and Carr didn't get along after Carr did all that for years. Carr had six head coaches in his nine-year career mm, and mm, had seven offensive coaches. How was he going to be successful under those circumstances? But he might be making prime play for uh for Mr. Rogers. Yeah, we'll talk about Mr. Rogers in a second because I, I I got an opinion on what what they're trying to do now. I, I'm happy for Geno Smith. Geno Smith, don't believe what you hear and read. Geno Smith's contract is not a three year hundred five million dollar deal. It's a three year seventy five million dollar deal. <laughs> That's sentence. a real contract. Wow. <laughs> He got $30 million signing bonus. So Gino got $30 million up front, which is almost double what he's made in his entire NFL career. He's making. So that's big money. It's still a win for him. Mm-hmm. $40 million guaranteed at signing. And most likely he's going to make $52 million in the first year and a half of that deal. So he's going to make some nice money. But I think he deserves it. But I'm about to say, this was like the best. Go ahead. No, go ahead, since. Now, this was like one of the best redemption stories of the season. 
where Absolutely. you know to come up from squalor and you know to ball out the way you did, prove naysayers wrong. Like man, yeah, you deserve every penny of the money he's getting. He made Seattle look like a contender, and after Russ left, everybody thought they were going to be a scrub team. Yeah. Now it's Russ who? <laughs> exactly. So that extra money that they've been talking about at that $105 million, $40 million of that are bonuses that he can or cannot make. So that's not real money. And then this year, today, Daniel Jones gets a four-year $160 million I was about to say, how does, how does Daniel get this before Saquon? Like $82 million guaranteed. Mm, mm, mm. $82 Man, million say, guaranteed oh the same. And what has he done in the last three years? This is a quarterback Nothing. that had 16 passing TDs last season. Yeah, he did have, I think, seven or eight rushing TDs. But 16 passing TDs, and they just gave this man $40 million. Mm, mm, mm. Per That's year. why them little people ain't going nowhere but because mm, of decisions mm, like that. You go on basically, yeah, I know a long-term deal is kind of in the works for Saquon. But like, if I'm Saquon, I'm feeling like some kind of way. Like you about to pay, you pay this man all this money, and I was the one responsible for these wins. I carried that team on my back, and you tag me. Yeah, but that that's the same situation that happened with Tennessee and the Titans with Derrick Henry. Yeah, exactly the exact same thing. Yep, Tannehill ain't deserved that. Tannehill money. got the big money because it's the, it's the position. Mm-hmm. So, because of which, they, what's he gonna do? Is he gonna stay or is he leaving? Well, Tennessee says he's staying. So, mm. they say he's staying. I, I heard a rumor that they're thinking about possibly trading Derrick Henry. Right, that's what I heard. Which I is mean, crazy. To get something back from it, yeah. Oh well. Yeah. What, what what you got going on now? You got a, all the NFL teams have to get under the salary cap before free agency starts. And that, that starts, I think, next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a bunch of players get traded, get released over this next week so that they can – you have to be under the salary cap by the beginning of that period, and then you can go ahead and do some things after that. So a bunch of players going to be asked to restructure their deal. If they don't do that, they're going to get released. So it's <laughs> just, just, just look for it. Some names you didn't think of. Yeah, yeah. Zeke probably going to be one of them. <laughs> yeah, for so sure. So I heard a rumor on um, on a first take earlier today about possibility of DeAndre Hopkins like becoming a, a like, you know, a, a, a free agent and joining the Cowboys. What y'all think about that? Cowboys don't have money to pay him. They don't have the salary cap room to pay him unless they do some major moves. That's the issue. Because DeAndre only, Hopkins ain't going to redo his contract. DeAndre Hopkins make over $20 million a year. Not only that, that doesn't mean that going to – I mean, yeah, it don't mean that going to give him the ball either. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about these franchise tags. Four o'clock today was the deadline for people to put franchise tags on players. One thing happened that I was kind of surprised. No team used the exclusive tag. So everybody that got tagged is non-exclusive, which basically means that the player can negotiate with any team he wants to. And if they come up to a deal, they can sign an offer sheet. And then their current team has the option of either matching that offer sheet, contract for contract, 
or they get two first round picks. So for a lot of players like running backs, defensive tackles, tight ends, most teams are willing to give up two first round picks for that. But the one that threw the flag. So let's talk about the ones before we get to the big one. We already told you that uh, the commanders tag Deron Payne. He was the first one to get tagged. So he's going to make just under 19 million next year unless he gets a long-term deal agreed. Second was Jacksonville Jaguars. They tagged tight end Evan Ingram. The tight end tag is a little over $11.3 million a year. Two running backs, three running backs got tagged after that. The Raiders tagged Josh Jacobs, who led the NFL in rushing last year. Dallas tagged Tony Pollard. And then the Giants, once they got the deal done, with Daniel Jones, they tag Saquon, which is crazy because the contract they were offering Saquon is more than the tag. So that's why I think they're going to get a long-term deal done with Saquon because they'd offered already offered him more money. Which is worth it. He's definitely worth it. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely worth stay, it. As long as he stay healthy. Yeah. And that Dallas thing, because Dallas put the tag on Pollard, that means Zeke, you're going to either restructure your deal and stay in Dallas where you love, you love or you're going to have to – Get cut. So look for that to happen. Him up? Somebody always thinks they they can do better. So Zeke is not. He, in my opinion, if he don't have an effective offensive line, he ain't gonna be that effective. Yeah, Zeke is taking a lot of hits. That's Zeke's issue. Zeke's body is breaking down, and that's why a lot of teams yeah. don't want to give running back second contracts where mm-hmm. you can draft a young guy. Use them up for four or five years and just do it over again. Mm-hmm. That's why running back is the most underappreciated position because it's like they the workhorses, and you know they the ones that uh, get uh, banged up the earliest, the soonest. Absolutely. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. The Baltimore Ravens basically told Lamar Jackson, "Look here, obviously we can't come to an agreement." We're trying to be, they're trying to frame it as we're trying to let the market set your price. And then once you get the price, then we'll probably, we're going to match it. That's, that's kind of, that's kind of how they're trying to spin it. Uh If I'm Lamar Jackson and Daniel Mm -hmm. Jones just got $40 million. Mm -hmm. David Carr got 30 something million dollars. And you're going to give me a, a, Non-exclusive franchise tag for $32 million? Oh, hell no. I, mm. If I'm Lamar, A, I'm going to find me another team, and I'm going to try to have them structure a contract where it's be so much of a penalty for the Ravens to match it that they're going to have to cut a bunch of players to do it. <laughs> I'd be a little spiteful. That's just me. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> When you disrespect uh, me, that's how I roll. Roman's saying he coming down ninety five. That's what I heard. That's what the Roman male saying. Uh, he trying cat. to get in that burgundy and gold. <laughs> nah, daddy well, trying well, to get in that teal and orange. <laughs> I don't even think they're gonna do it because I think they're sensitive about the tour thing and how that looks. But you know who should do it. The team that just flew out to Green Bay, or actually to California, to talk to Aaron Rodgers. The New York Jets, instead of Uh trying to trade for Aaron Rodgers, pay him 
sixty million dollars or whatever the restructure is going to be. He's going to get yeah. all his money. Yeah. He's going to leave no money, and you're going to have to give them assets to do that, and you're going to have to release players to get him under the cap. Why don't you just say, "Hey, turn this plane around"? Lamar just got nine franchise. Let's go pick him up and go sign Lamar Jackson, who can grow with your young team. Mm-hmm. Give Lamar contracts easy. I can write the contract for him. Five years, $50 million. Guarantee Lamar 200 mm-hmm. to $215 million. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get Deshaun Watson money, but he's going to get the highest guaranteed other than Deshaun Watson. But that's just it, though. He he's he's proven himself. So why should he get slighted? Yeah. Any right. any any amount of money. And is he he's going, going to a better going, situation? He's going to a better situation in the Jets mm-hmm. for sure than than Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I think he's actually would be going to a better situation than Baltimore. Because let's be real, Baltimore is living off of the past glory of the two Super Bowls. Amen. Ever since Ozzie Newsom walked out of the GM spot, their drafts haven't been successful. They done drafted a whole bunch of wide receivers that haven't worked out. They he just had to the fire their too. offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. You you got other players now. If you are, if you are a player at the Ravens and you got a contract coming up in the next year or two, do you think they're going to pay you if they ain't paying them all? Mm-hmm. I don't have confidence in that organization at this point. If they are, this it's might be not what you expect. Right. The only glaring question with me, with um, you know Lamar, you know Lamar and the Jets uh, scenario is, does he have? Does the Jets have like a line that can protect him? Because as you can see with what happened with, I mean, I'm not comparing Lamar Jackson to Zach Wilson or Mike White by any means, but that's is he coming into a situation that's going to be beneficial for him to get his, you know. To you know, be that Lamar Jackson vote. I don't know. I think their line is improving. They need to work on the line. But guess what? It only costs them two number one picks, one in each year, to get Lamar. So they use they, they give them the, this year's number one. Next year's number one going to be in the twenties because they're going to be winning a bunch of games, and they use their second and third and fourth round picks on offensive linemen. They got everything else. Their defense is stacked and young. Yeah. They got the offensive rookie of the year, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They had a potential offensive rookie of the year and running back Brees Hall before he got injured. He's supposed to be ready mm-hmm. for the beginning of the season. So you got offensive weapons. You should remain in draft picks to build up, continue to build up the line, and you stick Lamar Jackson there. If they would have had a quarterback that could have averaged 17 points a game, the Jets would have won 11 games last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were scaring a lot of teams. You saying Lamar can't sure. give you seventeen? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so if, if that's the spot, could could Danny Boy do something to try to make a big big splash before he gets out of here and say, "Go get Lamar." I can see that. It's possible because I could actually see him. Yeah, I was supposed to have to actually see him playing for uh, a, a coordinator like the enemy, like to you know that can spark up that offense. Yeah, I just think that he's checked out. 
and that he's not going to have to be willing to spend the money that he's going to have to spend when it's good chance you're going to be selling the team soon. Mm. So, all right, let's move on to the NBA, fellas. And there's no way around it. So we got to hit it right in the head. Let's go. John Morant, after losing the game to Denver, goes out to a strip club in the suburbs and makes a decision at 5-something in the morning that he going to go on IG Live. And not only is he in the strip club shirtless, which is a whole different situation. So you know what's going on there. So he's still in COVID, but we're going to leave that alone. But has what appears to be a gun in the video. Which is very, very problematic on two fronts. A, why would you poke, why would you think it was a good idea to go on IG Live flashing a gun? And also gun. When you got a 200 and something million dollar contract that kicks in next year, you NBA superstar just signed a new deal with Nike for your own signature shoe, just became the face of Powerade, and you think that's a smart idea. Two words crying for attention. Yeah. Plain mm-hmm. and simple. There's no way. Go ahead. He keeps acting like he's from the hood and he ain't. Why? Why you gotta why you gotta act like this and, and you have so much to, to gain and your reputation is everything and you do dumb stuff like this? I mean, really? It's goofy. I got two more words. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was like clout chasing. That's basically what he's doing. Going like and to your point, being somebody that he's not, and you would think he'd have better people. And his circle, you know, and I'm going, you know, put this out here. His father, of all people, like being, you know, a, a more um, responsible type, you know, sometimes you got to draw that line between father and friend and be more of a father as far as, you know, advising him on the right ways to move about. And I don't, I don't, I mean, clearly that's not the case. And stories are coming out that his fellow teammates have talked about him, that John really doesn't hang with his teammates off the court. He's got his uh, crew that he hangs out with. And this isn't the first instance they had. Remember, just a month ago, they was talking that one of his crew was pointing a laser into the visiting team's bus as they was leaving the arena, and they didn't know if it was a laser from a gun or, you know, one of them little lasers that you hold, pin lasers. Mm-hmm. This past summer, Ja had an incident at a mall in Memphis. Then he had an incident at his house where he supposedly punched a teenager and then walked out of his house with a gun in his waist. Now, the mall thing and the teenage thing, they was able to brush, you know, under the rugs and all that. But now you got the gun on video. A, it's not illegal to have a gun in Colorado, but it is illegal to have a gun while drinking. So if they can prove he was drinking, he could be facing criminal charges. It's ridiculous. It's just just truly ridiculous. 
you got the opportunity of a lifetime, something that you worked for hard for from day one. You, you asked your dad to train you. He trained you to get you where you're at. And this is how you repay him. And then we got the NBA issue, fellas, because we here in the DMV, remember, the Gilbert Arena situation. Mm-hmm. Where Gilbert Arenas got suspended for 50 games for bringing a gun right. into the locker room. Mm-hmm. Guess what's against the rules? Bringing a gun into a locker room, bringing a gun on a road trip. I don't understand. I just don't understand. Yeah, this is just evident of what, you know, Fame, definitely fame and, and, and fortune can do to, to some. You know, it, it gives you a swell head and thinks, you know, that you can move around however you want and be invincible. But, you know, that, that sobering reality always comes crashing back down on them where it's like, okay, you still got a higher power to answer to, which is the NBA and the owners who, you know, sign your checks. So, you know, you can kind of have this, you know, reckless mentality if you want, but that can get snatched away from just like that. But but let me ask you this: since is it fame or is it just damn stupidity? Because it sounds like it's stupidity to me. Well, fame breeds sometimes stupidity. Makes you more. What do they say? <laughs> you know, fame doesn't change you. It makes you more of what you already. Are. I'm not gonna put that on them, but it 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 brings out qualities that you might have displayed, but it's now more amplified. Yeah, and sometimes people be putting on. I'm not saying that's John. I don't know John, but sometimes people be trying to act harder than what they really are, trying to be something they not that they are, and start hanging around people who say yeah, it's cool. And uh, Kendrick Perkins put it this: you you keeping it real for who? Who you keeping it real for? Mm-hmm. Keep it real for your family, your children, your daughter, your daughter's children. That right now you're in a situation to set them up financially that with the amount of money that he can generate over his NBA career, which will be well in excess of a half a billion dollars, mm, nobody mm, in this mm. family line should have to work anytime soon. Mm, mm, mm. That's generation blow. money. Yeah. He's throwing it right out the window. Just throwing it right out the oh, window. Yeah. Yeah. Or for a rep. Yeah. Yeah, for a rep for, to who? To who you trying to be cool to? Right. They can't. They can't deal with anything you got. You got two hundred million dollars right. coming to you legally, mm-hmm. and nobody you dealing right. with got anywhere close to two hundred million dollars. <laughs> and if they do, and guess what? They- mm-hmm. You better get away from them because that that's a problem too. <laughs> well, I'm saying, and guess what? When that money goes, guess who's gonna go with it? All your boys that was that was around you. You're gonna be all by yourself. Sad, alone, and broke. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move on. This was some big injury news before we get into how the teams are working out. Celtic center Robert Williams. Hammy. Big man and hamstring don't go well, don't go together well. (laughs) <laughs> he, he, he keeps having issues every 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 time that the season getting ready to end, he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that lost like almost seventy pounds. I think his body just doing that transformation. I just think his body just doesn't hold up. It's sad. 
But the Celtics going to need him if they're going to try to make a push to win the championship. Speaking about Celtics been on mm-hmm, sorry. about the Grizzlies, not only are they probably going to lose John Morant for a considerable amount of time, and it's two-game absence, it's going to be longer than that because I don't think the NBA is going to let them come back till they finish their investigation. investigation. That's just my opinion. Uh-huh. But they also I lost mean. their forward slash center, Brandon Clark, who tore his Achilles. He's mm. out for the season yep. and probably might be out for next year. So they heard, and they were doing so well too in the beginning of the season. Yeah, 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 yeah. A story that has been getting a lot of pub with the Warriors. Andrew Wiggins has been gone for over two weeks. Supposedly dealing with a family issue, and they like they don't know when he coming back. They gonna need Wiggins back before playoff time in order to get him reacclimated into things. And if you got something going on heavy in the family, you know, you got to have your mind right. So that could be a problem for right. the Warriors. And we both, we so all know that he was, he was definitely the, uh, the key for them uh, winning the, uh, the, the uh, playoffs last year. Without question. It's surprising that they're staying afloat in the, in the fifth uh, seed right now, you know, even with Steph being injured, but now with them coming back, you know, yeah, the, the 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 loss, you know, would be great, but you know, I Pool's been stepping up as of late, so you know, I don't I don't give them uh, much worry right now. Yeah, like I said, he just got to get back for the end of the year. I think actually Steph missing time and Wiggins missing time was actually kind of a blessing in disguise because they're forcing to play DiVincenzo more, Pool more, actually get Kaminga involved, even though that he was struggling, still struggles. So it gives him a chance. So now they've got their reserves ready to play. And don't mm-hmm. forget, Clay Thompson is back. Oh yeah, Clay Thompson <laughs> looking like the old. He's, he's been balling. He looks like the old Clay mm-hmm. on offense. You can still see that he's lost a step on defense because mm-hmm. Clay Thompson used to be a, uh, not a lockdown defender, but a good defender. He people go around him like it's nothing. So. But he drilling that he he killing them on offense. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, the professor's team, quiet, steady. Now they got the best Quiet's record gone. in the NBA. The Bucks, quiet storm. Yeah, yeah, man, I call them the quiet storm all the time. Yeah, they had won fifteen straight. Then they lost one, then got one right back. So they right there, forty six and eighteen. They two games ahead of the struggling Celtics. Um, half a game ahead of the Nuggets for the best record in the league. Yeah, if Giannis is healthy, they they Jay Crowder they slowly involving him in it. They got the big boy center who's healthy this year, Lopez, Lopez, Lopez. and and they get Giannis's running mate who's actually coming still coming off the bench most of the time. So. Yeah, they're going to be really scary. And then I they mean, started playing Joe Ingles. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, think about it. What did, what did the Bucks do? They took a blueprint out of the, the Warriors playbook. They said if we can fill Thank you. all five positions with players that can step in at any given time and be able to run 10, 11, 12 deep, yeah. we can dominate. And yeah. that's exactly what they're doing. Plug and play. 
plug and play, plug and play. Yep. That's that's yep. basically all it is. And and I was going to credit to that organization because they made the right sneaky good moves with Crowder, with Angles, and they're working like a like a well oiled machine. Like not like they they doing their job. They ain't all rah rah and this and that. Oh, Kevin Durant this and none of that. No, they said okay, we just going to grab some players saying that we still got Giannis, and we and we going to keep on winning. And, and don't sleep on, on Holiday. Don't sleep on Drew Holiday. Oh, yeah. Drew Holiday yeah. showing people who he is. Oh, Giannis not playing tonight? Okay, I dropped 30 on you. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> oh, Giannis mm-hmm. playing? Then I only need to drop 15 and give you eight assists and play some defense. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah everybody mm-hmm. knows their role. They're comfortable in their role, and they're willing to play as a team. Speaking yeah. of roles struggling right now, the Celtics, again, missing their center. They starting to have some issues now. Celtics lost three games in a row where they had double-digit leads in the second half and gave up the leads. Defense. Call it out. Yeah. Ain't playing defense. Coaching, too. I think that young coach is being exposed. People are starting to watch film and figure out what the Celtics have doing to them late in games, and they haven't been able to make adjustments once the other team has adjusted to them. Well, you can't play the same five all game and expect them to be top notch at the end of the game if they get tired. You got to have rotation. I think the only other team that legitimately has a shot in the East are the 76ers. Uh, I, I got to give Harden some props. Harden dropped 20 assists the other night. Uh, Joel Embiid is uh, going back and forth with uh, Luca for. Uh, top score in the NBA, so but I, I, I'm not sure if I can trust Doc come postseason. <laughs> and can it can indeed stay healthy? That's why when you said the 76 side colleges, like uh, we say this, we say this every year. Oh, this is going to be the Sixers year, Sixers going to come out the east. What happens? Yeah, and gotta give some love to the hottest team in the east right now, the New York Knicks. Uh, they're not going to get in the top spot, but they're on a the 10-game win. They won eight straight games. Yeah. They, they, they balling. They they have a shot to get as high as, I think, fourth. I don't think they'll be able to catch the sixes at third. But they could overtake the Cavaliers if they keep keep this hot playing. So Man, that, that, that acquisition of uh, uh, bringing Brunson to the, to the, uh, the big city mm-hmm. made a big difference. And it allowed Randall to start getting his uh his shots more because he ain't got to worry about uh dribbling the ball up the court, and exactly. it's working for him. Yeah, Brunson has brought leadership. Go ahead, Sims. Now I said they they finally got a point guard, and like they were never really like lacking on defense. You got a defensive guru guru in uh, Thibodeau, so like you know. Yeah, they they like they 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 starting to come on at the right time, and I gotta give them props. I feel like basketball is better when the Knicks are relevant and doing well. So it's it's good to see them. Uh, good to see them hitting their stride. Yeah, and, and again, Brunson. I think not only is the points and all, I think he brings the leadership and the tenacity to the team from a player's perspective. So it's not just coming from Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. On the West. And people can keep sleeping on them, not giving them credit. The Denver Nuggets mm, are that team. Mm, mm. 
and Jokic is that dude. The question is, are they going to be able to bring it in the playoffs? That's the question. Because you can That's dominate. Question. You can dominate regular season all day long, but when it comes time to playing mm-hmm. something, a team seven games straight or seven games, are you going to yeah. be able to uh, take it home? Jamal yeah. Murray. So you absolutely. Michael mm-hmm. Porter Jr. are back and healthy. Something they haven't had the last two years. Agreed. Agreed. And have y'all Agreed. seen? Old man dunking on people, uh, Mr. Green, ex Hoyer, Jeff mm-hmm. Green, 30 something years old, dunking on people. They, they got a squad in Denver. We told this story before, though. Like, they had Murray when, like, in the bubble when, when, when the Nuggets got knocked out the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. I just want to see them do it in the postseason. It's great. They always got a squad in the regular season. They're always at the top of the Western Conference in the regular season. But come playoff time, it's always an issue. And granted, Murray and Michael Porter Jr. haven't been at their healthiest. But again, when, you know, Jamal Murray was dropping downs, albeit in the bubble, but he was still dropping downs, dropping buckets, where did the Nuggets end up? So that's I just want to see them do more in the postseason. That's all. I hear you. I hear you. Another team we got to start giving some respect. And I think they actually gonna end up in the second spot because of what's going on in Memphis. Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. They only half a game oh, yeah, behind Memphis for second. Mm-hmm. I can see them they do. Mike Brown, coach of the year, man. Coach of the year, they, Mike Brown. They, Easy. They Easy. Do. They yeah. uh do. They have they haven't had a winning season since White Chocolate. <laughs> right, white chocolate and C dub. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. They yeah. are playing great team basketball. They brought that Golden State philosophy to Sacramento. Uh, the word on the street is Sacramento is the loudest arena in the NBA, just like Oracle used to be for Golden State. That collegiate type of atmosphere in the arena, they ball it. They are. Young yeah, yeah, you, yeah. The Suns are cool. KD's good. Booker's balling, but they'll play any defense. And they gotta be healthy. It's about fit. It's about and they fit. Be love, but, yeah, and they gotta be healthy. And I love what Lucas said because he exposed. Uh, book and that's why i don't like the book yeah you may go like yeah yeah okay you got you start talking about something would have been great if he, if he was doing that before you uh <laughs> realized it was three seconds left in the game or something yeah. like that now you want to be all talking stuff like like son's front runners man like i, 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 I we'll <laughs> see what happens with them they front runners and how long is deandre ayton gonna be to play nice and not stop pouting because he's not getting touches. Now that KD getting 18 to 20 touches, Booker's actually shooting more bef- than he was before KD got there because he's getting wide open shots because KD taking people away from him. So they need Aiden to be the defensive force because Booker ain't a great defensive player. KD plays defense. I give KD his credit. He plays defense. Um, but CP3 can't play any defense anymore you lost all your defense with bridges and johnson that was your yep. defense so so my question is 
is KD and Booker and, and, and uh, Chris Paul talking to Aiden, or are they alienating them? Because at some point, somebody got to be the captain of that team and say, look, this is how we're going to run this, this offense so that we can be productive, so that we can win championships. We can't win championships when, when we're divided. It just doesn't work. I agree. Somebody's got to do it, but you can't you can't expect him to just be a defensive player when he was already crying about not getting touches last year and wanted to leave the Suns, but they matched the deal. They did they did to him what the Ravens are doing to Lamar. It's like you go ahead and get a deal if if the deal ain't outrageous, we'll match it. So I think that there, there's no love lost there. So that that can just I'm just saying that can blow up. Mm-hmm. That burned the bridge yeah. when they did that. There's no coming yeah. back. And if he decide that, oh, y'all not gonna give me the ball, I'm not gonna play any defense anymore, y'all just gonna have to outscore everybody. That that whole chemistry and all that, that can blow that whole thing up. So mm-hmm. to be determined, but the 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 West. Stays packed, sits. Got to give love to your to your Lakers. Technically, they've got the same record as the ninth and tenth place team, but because of the tiebreakers, they're currently eleventh. So if they can hold on, Mm -hmm. and if your boy can stay healthy, he's been balling. Even though he did sit out Mm -hmm. a game when they said he was healthy, but it was a back to back. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave him alone. But if mm-hmm. he can stay healthy, I think they can make the play-in tournament. What they can do after that, I'm not too sure. But what what, what you think about the Lakers? I think <laughs> they're doing better than the Clippers right now. I know that. But, <laughs> but I mean, I, I agree. Like, all we need to do is get into the play-in or, or playoff. Keep playing the way we plan. I, I don't know what the record is since LeBron has gone out, but it's it's small, a small wins and losses. I know that, and just keep that momentum going. Uh, D'Angelo Russell's supposed to act for tonight's game, um, so that's that's the plus. You're playing Memphis without Morant, without Clark. You know, it's just going to have to take everybody stepping up. I think you know we definitely have a good chance. We'll definitely uh, bring that top because New Orleans is playing. Uh, I forget who they playing, but it's a it's, it's it's a guaranteed possible loss. I think they're playing Dallas. If I'm not no Utah's playing Dallas. I know New Orleans is playing some uh top four team in the Western Conference. So, you know, we can easily be about that ninth spot, um, or even eighth by the uh uh by tonight. Okay. Hey hey, hey BJ, I definitely think Curb misses Brown because because of what happened over the summer. Before the season started, Draymond can't be the guy to get on the young guys. So Mike Brown could have been that bridge to help the mm-hmm. young guys, and they possibly wouldn't have had to trade their future center because he wasn't developing. So yeah, Mike Brown helped that defense a lot and didn't get credit. Now we're seeing you get him with a young team, he can do well. I think Mike Brown does well with young teams or a team that just has one star and a bunch of players that need to be molded. That's why he didn't work in L.A. because LA, everybody's trying to be stars in L.A., but he worked in Cleveland, and now he's working in he Sacramento. In Cleveland. Plus, he's defensive-minded, so that's, that's yeah. you know, making a difference, too. 
right, fellas, that's another show down. But before we get out of here, we got to give our final post. J3, what you got for us? Yeah, real quick, I just want to say, Mama, happy birthday. I love you. Many more to come. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mama Somerville. Love you. What you got for us, Sense? Uh, must be something about them Pisces, because the love of my life, Mrs. Brooks, is celebrating her birthday this Sunday coming up. So happy Good. birthday to my wife, Crystal. And Crystal. also give a big, <laughs> a big, huge shout out to the Archbishop Carroll High School girls uh, varsity basketball team for winning the city title. You ain't think I was nice. going to mention that big win. Nice. <laughs> nice. Congratulations. I got to give you props on that. And happy birthday, mm-hmm. Crystal. Yeah. Shout shout out. Actually, your 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 lady lines have a pretty good program. So I gotta give them shout shout outs. Them St. John's have been doing battle back and forth. So yeah, shout out to the lady lines. Thank you. I just like to tell people it's NCAA basketball time. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. You got Men's tourney week this weekend. Next week, you roll into men's and women's NCAA tourney week. So just enjoy the basketball. It's a great time to enjoy sports. We're getting the last 15 and 17 games in the NBA season. It's basketball time. Enjoy it. And we will see you when we see you. All right. Hey, Mom. Thanks for the happy birthday wishes out there. Uh, Miss your son. All right, fellas, again, another show, another day. We'd like to thank you all for tuning in and listening. We appreciate your time and the opportunity to share our positions on sports with you. Please tune in each and every Tuesday at 8 p.m. for our live show. If you can't make the live show, you can also download this show and our previous shows via our Facebook or YouTube channel. Just put in positions on Sports Talk Show. You can listen to the previous shows. Um, Do us a favor. If you go to any of our social media platforms, please do us a favor. Like and subscribe. Subscription is free. We greatly appreciate it and help us dearly. And if you want to hit us up, you can hit us up at on Facebook at Positions on Sports, Twitter at Positions on SBO1, and we'd love to hear from you. Have a wonderful weekend. Be safe out there and enjoy the basketball. We'll see you next week. See you.